0: All right, time for Baldry's beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Morning, Smitty. Let's talk about the workplace safety issue for yeah. healthcare workers. Big story yesterday. Big announcement. With the BC government announcing they are hire hundreds 320 security
1: 320 officers. 320
0: security officers for like, so these this would be security officers for hospitals and other healthcare Mental
1: facilities. Mental health facilities. Wow. Uh, about 4,000 violent incidents, apparently, in the last few years. So this wow. is an extraordinary problem. It's, and it's it's increased during the pandemic. Um, mental health is a big uh, role in this. Uh, the nurses and other healthcare, frontline healthcare workers for years have been talking about uh, their concerns about safety in medical uh, facilities. This is not a new issue, but it seems to be growing in importance. As we're seeing crime play out on the streets, uh, violent random crime, we're seeing that occur with the increasing regularity in uh, medical facilities, which includes hospitals, mental health facilities, and even clinics. So uh, that yesterday, fairly big announcement, 320 frontline security officers, presumably they're going to be trained. These are not just going to be security guards who, who walk in, but we'll see what the level of training is. Um, but it's, uh, it's a sign of the times that violence seems to be on the cr- increase.
0: Let's have a listen to Amon Graywall here. She is the president of the BC Nurses Union, and here she is speaking yesterday.
2: Our <coughs> members get punched, kicked, grabbed, spat on, as well as being verbally and sexually harassed. Our work is dangerous.
0: That's the president of the BC Nurses Union speaking yesterday.
1: She was at the announcement with Health Minister Adrian Dix. There was also, I think, the representative from the Health Sciences Association, which are uh, technicians, technologists. Um, And they haven't signed their contracts. They haven't negotiated the contracts yet. So I take that as a positive sign that things are going well with those, even though the nurses have yet to start negotiating. Uh, A number of public sector union contracts have now been, I think we're up to seven now, 137,000 employees. So I think this bodes well that perhaps we're going to see a successful negotiation with the nurses' union.
0: I think you're right about and pointing out this is not a new problem, because I have talked to nurses who have been assaulted and attacked on the job on previous shows over going back years. I mean, this has been around a long time, but it does seem to be getting worse. It
1: does seem to be getting worse. The nurses' union, I think, had an ad campaign like five years ago. Right. And the HEU flagging this as an issue, that this was a serious problem in the workplace. Unlike many, most, if not all, other workplaces, other than perhaps law enforcement they are experiencing uh, violence in the workplace. that You don't see at mills or manufacturing plants or at the BC legislature, but hospitals and mental health facilities do yeah. see violence.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty sad state of affairs to think that we've got to the point now where they have to hire literally hundreds of security officers. I knew for... that.
1: I was flagged that this was coming, and there was yeah. going to be another. I was taken aback that it was 320. That's a lot. I thought... Know, maybe you know, a few dozen or something, but that's a lot of people.
0: Well, let's listen to Adrian Dix on it here, the health minister. And one of the things that occurred to me was this is a human resources issue for government. I mean, you got people who are off on workers' comp claims if they've been attacked or injured or people who just say, you know what, I- I'm I'm done with this. I am i don't want to do this job anymore
1: well, the if men- I'm
0: not safe at work.
1: The mental health challenges that come with the stress of being attacked at your work site. Uh, yeah. There are people off work because of that. Right, and
0: I think that's high. one of the reasons the government obby clearly felt they had to do this was mm-hmm. because they need to not only protect workers but keep them on the job so here is health minister adrian dick speaking on that point yesterday
1: we know vo- workplace violence significantly affects their physical and mental health requiring healthcare employees to take time off work or worse leave the healthcare field entirely
0: yeah so there you go is people mm-hmm. taking time off or they're quitting
1: yeah and it's increasing is this, not, this is an old problem that's getting worse. Which is now this extraordinary move to hire more than 300 p- trained people to be security <clears throat> personnel in our healthcare facilities. Ten years ago, this was hardly even envisioned.
0: Okay, if you work in the healthcare sector, I'd love to hear from you on that. When we open the the phone lines here, if you've ever experienced or witnessed something like this, as kind of violence in healthcare facilities, get set to call me on that. Speaking of violence, so this is the the latest on the catch-and-release justice system, as the liberals have have described it in B.C. So this is the case of the man who stabbed a stranger to death on a Kelowna bus. He served four and a half years in jail for manslaughter, and he's now out of jail, accused of an unrelated assault, and released again. So Mm -hmm. this is the catch-and-release. So you've got a guy who's done time for manslaughter, killing someone on a bus, Yep. up on an unrelated charge, and he's out in the streets again.
1: Not unusual.
0: So this was uh, the focus of question period yesterday in the legislature. Have a listen to this. This is Karen Kirkpatrick, Liberal MLA for West Vancouver Capilano, and listen how she frames this. Have a listen.
2: The government made it clear that the Crown prosecutor agreed with his latest release, and there was no attempt by this government to keep him in custody a complete indictment of the incoming soft-on-crime Premier's broken system.
0: The incoming Premier soft-on-crime going after David Eby there.
1: Well, the Liberals are quickly pivoting away from John Horgan. Yeah. No, he's no longer their opponent. It's going to be David Eby, who met his caucus for the first time as premier designate yesterday. So everything's about Eby. It's Eby all the time, and it's going to be like that for... Uh, a couple of years until the next election. Uh, so they're going to throw everything on his shoulders. Uh, he was attorney general up until a few months ago when a lot of these things were occurring. Uh, but it's interesting now that EB's going to be premier, will he change the tune here and will the new attorney general, whoever that is, I'm sure it's still going to be Murray Rankin or someone else. Uh, take take advantage of what uh, something that they have the power to do in the Crown Council Act, which is to send a special directive to Crown Council on certain matters, and whether there will be a directive to the Crown Council say no, you have to oppose these these release or um, insist on more onerous bail conditions, which up until now haven't been happening, at least not on a number of violent crimes. So I think there's a change coming. You can tell
0: that the government realizes they're vulnerable oh, on it, sure. the, way, the way they're responding to these well, questions. Mike because Farnworth, they're saying, like, we agree with you and we're trying to lobby the federal government to do something about it.
1: And it's interesting that Mike Farnworth, who we all jokingly call the janitor, because he cleans up all the messes in the House, has suddenly take the lead in terms of answering questions in the House, even though he's not in charge of criminal justice or Crown Counsel. He's seen as a more effective communicator than Murray Rankin, the, the current attorney
0: general. Well, that raises an interesting point you just touched on, whether EB might want to bring in someone new in that portfolio. I would be
1: surprised. You know, I, I think he's going to have some new faces okay. around the, the cabinet table. I don't think there's going to be a huge cabinet shuffle, but I think he may expand the cabinet. I think he's going to elevate <clears throat> some backbenchers. And maybe, but attorney general is a key portfolio, obviously, uh, and it'll be interesting whether Murray Rankin continues in that or whether a new face comes in.
0: I think you're going to see... E. B. tried to do something to look tougher on this file, That's for sure, because he obviously realizes this is a vulnerability for this government with the the stories that we continue to see on almost on a daily basis, and the way the liberals are just going liberals after. Liberals are
1: feeding off this, as they as to be expected. This yeah. is a great issue for the opposition. They've they've moved away from health care, housing affordability, and seized upon this issue because it's not going away. It seems to unfold. With regularity on our newscast every night.
0: Also bringing up frequently Eby's background as a civil libertarian lawyer, anti-poverty activist lawyer, who was very critical of the police back when he was with Pivot Legal Society. And he actually published a a book at one point called How How to Sue the Police. Mm Mm-hmm. So he was a fierce critic of the police before he got into politics.
1: Liberals have offered me a copy of that book to put on my TV bookshelf. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> okay, that's that's interesting. But, you know, that's a long time ago for EBS. It is,
1: and It has yet to display any of those activist tendencies yeah. when he was in, in attorney general. In fact, quite the opposite. As housing ministry fired the housing board, the Housing Corporation Board, who were all basically activists. Yeah and he replaced them with civil servants, many of whom date back to the Gordon Campbell era.
0: All right. Welcome back. It's Baldry's Beat. Phone lines are open, 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. Sean in North Van. Hi, Sean.
3: Morning, gentlemen. Um, I'm a police officer, and I haven't called it the criminal justice system in over two decades. I call it our legal system, but there's precious little justice at times, you know, this is a, this is an all-hands-on-deck issue, uh, both municipal, provincial, and federal. Our bail laws are federal, um, and the premiers of the provinces are going to have to go hard against the federal government or with the federal government. We have to err on the side of public safety. For the record, right. I'm not a American-style for-profit prisons, rah-rah-rah, throw-away-the-key type of guy, but... For some people, until their mental health needs are addressed and or those who are just purely evil, they have to
0: be locked up. Sean, thank you for the call. It's good Good to get the perspective of a police officer.
1: Well, we talked about this before. There is a growing chorus of voices that say we have to revisit the deinstitutionalization of people with mental health challenges. We closed Riverview. Uh, a number of years ago and you've got Kevin Falcon now calling for a reestablishment of a modern mental health facility to put people uh, to live there and not be on the street and I think you're going to see I wouldn't be surprised if you've already got David Eby opening the door with uh, involuntary confinement right yeah uh, for addiction issues yep. now that could be extended to mental health as well so I think we're going we're going going back down that road. And I think that's where the public. Yeah, well. he
0: has hinted at some sort of an aggressive intervention yeah. here to on this file.
1: And I think you're going to see a convergence of opinion from both Falcon and Evie on this issue. you got you got Brad Weston, Porco uh has raised the issue of reestablishing a, a, a mental health institution.
0: Yeah. Let's go to John on the line in Vancouver. Hi, John. Hello there. Go ahead. Hello there. Uh, yeah,
3: uh, just uh, commenting, I had left my job in healthcare. This is a comment on the, well, kind of on both things that you touched on already. Uh, I had left my job as an extension of healthcare working for the BC Coroner Service, primarily because of these issues in the downtown east Eastside. Uh, there was 12 of us hired at the same time, I believe. Everyone resigned except for two. Um, these mm-hmm. are forensic scientists, people who work in law enforcement and in law. Um, two officers I know have also resigned uh, due to you know the de- de- decriminalizing of drugs and what's going on in downtown east side. You're going to lose a lot of nurses. You're going to lose a lot of uh, scientists, a lot of law enforcement officers. Um, people are already leaving their occupations um, simply because this is out of control. So I don't know if EB is going to make any changes or actually um, add fuel to this fire. But the downtown east side needs some reckoning.
0: Why did they resign? Did they just feel like they were frustrated that it was it's just getting... It's completely unsafe. It's completely unsafe. It, it, wow. It's not reasonable for a...
3: Um, well, see, we're we're young forensic scientists, and, we, and we're and joining you know the coroner service, and we're working with law enforcement, but they don't even feel safe. Um, no. We're going into these SROs where an individual has died from an overdose. Um, it's a very busy place. There's lots of people walking around, but this person's remains have left there for several weeks yeah, yeah. Uh, so we don't have any explanation for these for this it's a very very bad situation in the downtown uh, yeah. inside it's so extreme yeah. it's so extreme it is, and it, we have it, officers and nurses and and other people who work in law and, and the sciences we're all leaving we're all leaving. Yeah. Uh, we're leaving Vancouver. We're leaving the jobs, um, and we're going into things. Well, I mean, doing yeah. the same job in another in another country uh, in the past, um, I did not experience the volume of calls um, that I have experienced
0: in okay. Canada. thank you for calling.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I lived in the downtown east side as a university student. Uh, completely different world today oh, yeah. than it was back in the 80s. It's, uh, it's just night and day. So back then, the, the chief problem... There was homelessness, but the chief problem was alcohol. Well, yeah, you and didn't
0: it, have crystal meth and fentanyl. But. No,
1: at all. And no. you didn't have these sort of gangs. And you didn't have this rampant homelessness. There was a few homeless, but not like you see today. I've had family members who also work down there, or had worked down there, um, near who have been assaulted. You know, uh, when when they were going uh, coming home from work, walking the streets, and getting randomly hit over the over the head. By a complete stranger who obviously had some mental health challenges.
0: Let's go to Jim on the line in Langley. Hi, Jim. Go ahead.
2: Hi. Well, in 1971, I believe, uh, they brought in the Bill Reform Act, uh, which uh, created the catch and release uh, situation where people would be uh, arrested and given an appearance notice, like a ticket. And it would give them uh, a few days to appear at the police station for fingerprinting, and there would be another court date for appearance uh, down the road. So there were very few people that were actually arrested for uh, uh, various criminal activity and stayed in jail and had to post bail. And some people uh, in the old days would have to get their parents to put up their house as a surety before they were released and that all went uh, out the window with the Bail Reform Act, and that's why everybody now seems to get a little ticket to show up a few days later for fingerprinting at the police station and then another okay. court date uh, to start th- thank the process. You.
0: Thanks for the call. So You're there's been
1: subsequent so. legislation since then. There's yeah. most recent Bill C... C- C-75. C-75 has is, is rec- visited this as well. Right. Um, there's been this effort to sort of... Uh, Less than the population in institutions in terms of pe- people being held and in- incarcerated. Yeah. But I think the, the uh, pendulum is going to swing the other way.